Wow. I felt that. Thank you, team. Wonderful. So glad to have you here in the house. And welcome Craig and Melissa from the southern border of Australia to remind us that we are still in a whole nation. Thank you. Thank you for that. And to those who have gathered with us, you can be seated. And at home, you can do anything you want. And if you're still in your pajamas right now at home, just remember next Sunday we're in the house. So I'm not going to say you won't be turned away if you're wearing pajamas. I'm just saying you might remember to switch into, you know, whatever. But uh, we'll take you any way we can get you. Come on back to the house next Sunday. So the opportunity has opened for us to start three weeks earlier. And our thought was, well, man, if we can start three weeks earlier, then let's start three weeks earlier. So the team's going crazy, getting everything ready. We're trying to redo the foyer and lots of things. When you come back next week, you'll see a lot of changes around the place, but good changes. And, uh, but the main thing is to see each other. And we're so excited about that. So our theme this year, for actually for 318 days, our theme has been open, open. And we began early in the year talking about open your Bible and get yourself a revival of the Bible or a Bible revival and how important it is to have God's word as the, as the guiding lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. And our heart has been open to God as well. And then for many weeks now, we have been talking about opening our mouth, understanding the amazing power of our words. And I can't over-preach this. I can't overstate how important it is uh, when we speak and the power that we have when we speak. God has made us in his image. And like God speaks, and that's powerful. And uh, well, when we speak, it's also powerful. And so we are learning that our words were responsible for our words, but Jesus teaches us that we need to take heed of the words that we speak to the point where Jesus actually says in Matthew 12 and verse 37, for by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Or as the message Bible says it, uh, words, I got me a fly around here, um, hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody's welcome. And uh, yeah, we'll, if I, I'll be swatting it, okay? Jesus, Jesus said, words can be your salvation or words can be your damnation. That's how we read it in the message translation. But not just for yourself. Your words can be kind of the salvation or the damnation of others and those that we are speaking to. So how powerful are our words? They, they create the, the environment of the world that we live in. And we, we know that they have the power to build or to break. Words have the power to affirm or afflict. And words have the power to inspire or start a fire. This is what we read in James chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. A word... Out of your mouth may seem of no account. Eh. What did you say? Ah, you know, it may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy yeah. nearly anything. 
It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. Now, we know about fires in Australia. We know about fires in Sydney, and, and uh, we, we know that a spark, just a spark, can burn down a forest. And the Bible says this about our words, our tongue. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. Your speech can spark and a fire can burn and will burn. By our speech, we can ruin the world. Turn harmony into chaos. Throw mud on a reputation. Send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it, even the smoke from the pit of hell. Brother, we can't oversay how important this is. Now, all of that that is said in the Message Bible is said in the New King James Version pretty much in five words. Here's what that says in five words. The tongue is a fire. The tongue Your tongue is a torch. Your mouth is a match. Your speech is a spark. Now I'm holding this match like I opened my mouth. I just struck a match. What did you do? I just opened my mouth. And now we know that I'm holding this and it's here and I could blow it out, but also there's just a little bit of nervousness here right now, everybody around me, because we also know that carelessly, this could burn down the building, but I'm talking about my mouth, it can build or it can burn, your tongue, the scripture says, is a torch, your mouth is a match, and when you open your mouth, you light a match. Your speech is a spark, and a spark can burn down a forest. But here's what we read in Philippians 3.20 for Christ followers. Here's what we read. For our conversation is in heaven. Now, I know that this word also means our conduct and the, and the way we you know, uh, live our life, but I love the King James Version of this. Our conversation is in heaven from whence we look to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I open my mouth I, and my, I light a match. I, I speak and, and I spark when I speak. And so do you. And my tongue is a torch. But the fires we want to flame as Christ followers are fires of revival. We want revival fires. We want fires that warm the heart. We want fires that encourage the spirit and comfort the soul because the fire fire can do that. Fires that purify and magnify and unify. Not fires that burn things down. No, 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 no. We want to we want to open our mouth. We want to our speech begins to spark and we kindle kindness. We want to ignite love. We want to fan the flames of faith. And I have the power to do that, and you have the power to do that, or we could put it all out and burn it all down. Your tongue is a torch. So use your words to light up and lift up and build up someone's world. And we're talking right now kind of about 10 matches, 10 of the most powerful matches you can light. 
We're talking about 10 of the most powerful things that, that you, your tongue as a torch can, can set ablaze. The 10 most powerful words that we can say. This is what we've been talking about now for several weeks. And it's like, it's like here's 10 matches that are so powerful. And you can spark with your speech using these 10 most powerful things you can say. I believe. I care. I forgive. I need. I submit. I will. Because we're created in the image of God, we have a will. We have a free will. And two weeks ago, we talked about I won't. Last week was Mission Sunday. But when we talked about I won't, we begin to look at I won't. I won't violate my conscience. I won't vacate my convictions. I won't. I won't abandon my integrity. And I won't surrender my loyalty. I won't. I won't throw away my marriage or my ministry like I've seen a lot of men do. I won't. But what I'm told not to do, five times more than I'm told not to murder or steal, is not to fear. 122 times in the New King James Bible, we are told do not be afraid. Fear not. 122 injunctions. So, I won't. I won't. I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid. I would rather die fearless than live fearful. I won't be afraid. I won't. I won't live in this new atmosphere that is over our nation from this pandemic and from what we see in the world today. No, I, create, I, I can spark an, a, new, a new flame. I can light a new light with my words. This is not, I will not live in this atmosphere. I will not. I won't. So today we're continuing with these powerful words that are like matches, that are like sparks, that can light fires. And today, we're talking about the powerful words that you can say, I am. And our first song that Rosie was singing uh, this morning, she pretty much preached my whole sermon. She must have got my notes and preached my whole sermon. I am. I am who you say I am. I am. You know, when you say I am, you eliminate the uncertainty and the insecurity of your identity. I am. You know, for the world, the world is in this identity crisis. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And people will go their entire life asking that question and never finding the answer. Who am I? Or even worse, some do find the answer and do not like what they found. Who am I? To the world, who am I is a question mark. To the Christian, who am I, is an exclamation mark. I am. I am. When you say I am, you blow the fog of hesitation and intimidation completely off and out of your life. I am. Now, this is so critical. Do not confuse I am with I was. 
See, this, this is where the identity problems can happen. This is where it can get confusing. Because I was, but I am. See, I was is not who I am. You got to see this. You got to know this. This is so critical to the power of this confession. So follow me here. I was born of the seed of man, a father, Adam, the world, the earth, the dirt. I was. I was. That was my, that was, that was who I, that's who I was. But I am born of the seed of the eternal living word of God. Now let me give you the scripture that becomes the basis for what I'm talking about today. This is the critical point. This is the critical scripture. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Having been born again, that's what I am, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, we are born of seed. And the, the Greek word here for seed is spora. Spora. And it means parentage. The spora. The parentage. The her, your, uh, heredity. The genes. The genes. And so we're talking about born and born again. And we're talking about the spora of born. And we're talking about the spora of born again. The seed of born and the seed of born again. The New Living Translation says it this way. For you have been born again. Not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever. Because it comes from the eternal living word of God. See, my identity is in my heredity. It's in my spora. It's in the seed. My identity was the earth, the world, the temporal, the beggarly elements. That's who I was, but it's not who I am. God's word that birthed me, that brought me forth, also identifies me. It is my parentage. It is my heritage. It is my DNA. You see, the knowledge of who you are is what Jesus was talking about when he said in John chapter 8 and verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is the knowledge he's talking about right here because every lie that holds you back is wrapped up in the devil keeping you in the dark about your true identity. See, the devil does not want you to know who you are. He only wants you to know who you were. And when you talk about yourself, talk about yourself like who you were and your weaknesses and your failures and your shortcomings. Who this, oh, and, but you confuse it by saying, but, but I am. I am. I'm this and I am. No, you were. You were. Do not confuse who you were. With who you are. Because we read in 2 Corinthians 5.17... And if the Apostle Paul hadn't written this, Pastor Stuart McClement would have. It says, if anyone is in Christ, is anyone in Christ? There's some people in here. There's some people right there listening. There's some people at home or on your phone, right? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. In other words, he is not who he was. He is not 
who he was. Old things, what he was, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Man, the New Living Translation says it like this. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. In other words, they are not who they were. For the old life, the old life is gone. And a new life has begun. I am. I am everything. God's word says I am. I am in the new creation, in the new birth, in the spora of the eternal living word of God that has brought me forth. I was fearful. I am fearless because he has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I was guilty. I am guiltless. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, it cleanses me from all sin. I was shameful and ashamed. But I am shameless. Because his grace has made me right in his sight. I am. I was. Well, I was wicked and I was lost. and I was angry and I was bitter and... I was lustful and hurt and selfish and proud and sinful and hateful and rebellious and two-faced and blasphemous and dishonest and a hundred other things. But who I was is not who I am. See, our lives are measured just like our calendar is measured B.C., before Christ, A.D., <laughs> Anno Domini, the whole calendar of the world, all of the world, all of history is, is charted and, and, and measured by before Christ and Anno Domini in the year of our Lord. That's you and me too. It's not just our calendar. It's the story of our life. It's the difference between I was, B.C., and I am, A.D. I was, B.C., a stranger, a sinner, a self-seeking, self-focused, self-man, self, B.C. I am, A.D., Anno Domini, year of the Lord. I am a son. I am a soldier. I am a servant. I am a son of God. I am a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am a servant of others. I was lost and blind and deceived. But I'm found and sound and relieved. I am. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I am. I am open and obedient. I am. I'm teachable and I'm pliable. I am. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I am learning and I am yearning. I was a slave of sin, I am a son of God. And if I'm a son of God, and I am, then I'm an heir of God, and I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. God is my father, and Jesus is my elder brother. I'm the son of God and the little brother of Jesus. 
Therefore, we read in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir, an heir of God through Christ. This is who I am. And we read in Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That's who I am. You know, for me, this is such a life-transforming statement and, and, and revelation. And, and when I say I am, one of the very first things that comes to my mind that guides my Christian life and has been guiding my Christian life since I was a little boy is this simple thought, I am not my own. I'm not my own. Man, this, it's just, this clears up so much. This clears so much about my identity and my purpose. I am not my own. I am bought with a price. I am his purchased possession. That's who I am. I have a master. I have a father, but I have a master. He's my master. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. And I am His. And I am for Him. And it's not about me. It's not about what I'm comfortable with. It's about what He wants with my life. Oh, well, brother, I'm not comfortable with it. And I'm not comfortable. Well, you got born again, so you're just going to have to go flush that I'm not comfortable stuff down the toilet. Because you are not your own anymore. You are bought with a price. Somebody get up and run around the building or shout amen on their telephone right now. I am not my own. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15, he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him. I am for him. I am all about him. I am his. I am for him. It's not for me. It's for him who died and rose again. For him, I am. I am his. I am his. Romans 14, 7 says, you know what? If we live... We live under the Lord. If we die, we die under the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. I am his. I am the Lord's. And then we just go into scripture after scripture. I find out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 21, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Can you believe that? I was the wickedness of men and now I am the righteousness of God? Oh, somebody. How could that happen? How could that be? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. The Bible says in Romans 3 and verse 24, I am freely justified. Can you believe a man like me could be just as if I'd never been a man like me? Justified. Just as if I'd never broken his law or his heart. Justified. I am justified. Romans 8.1 says I'm not condemned. Dude. I cannot measure in tons the amount of condemnation, self-condemnation. The condemnation I felt. The condemnation of the devil. And yet I, that's what I was. But I am not condemned. And in verse 2 of Romans 8 says, and I'm free from the law of sin and death. Free. And then Romans 1, 2 Corinthians 1.21 says, I am established and anointed. You know what? Just get over it and accept it. Just get over and accept you are not who you were. You are who you are. It's I am and you are. Come on. Galatians 2.4 says, I'm free. I've been bound. I've been free. Free's better. Free's much better. 
And that's who I am. Ephesians 2.10 says, I am God's workmanship. I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm a good work model. Created by God for good works. Created in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2.10 says, I am built up and established in him. Sometimes we mistake humility for a pack of deceitful lies. Of course we're humble because I didn't do anything except receive Jesus. Except be born. That's what I did to be who I am today. I was born again by the seed of God's word. But for me to deny it and act like I've only been born once, that's not honest. I haven't only been born once. I've been born twice. I was born of the spore of man and I have been born and am now of the spore of the seed of God's word. 1 Peter 2.5 says, I am a living stone in the house of God. So get your stone back in the house this next week. Come on now. And get them little stones that live at your house. Get them little Rockies and them little gyms. <laughs> Bring them. Get them into the house. In Romans 8, chapter 37, I am more than a conqueror. Suck it up. You're more than a conqueror. Ephesians 2, 6 says, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Oh, my goodness. So I am. I'm affirmed and I'm assured. I'm approved. I'm appointed. I'm anointed. I'm authorized and baptized and uncompromised. That's for you, Tyel. That's for you, Tyel. You know what? I'm absolved and acquitted with my sins remitted. And that's for you, Michelle. You know what? There could not be a greater contrast between who I was and who I am. It's astounding. It's amazing. I am for you and me is not a question mark. It's an exclamation mark. There's no identity crisis here. The word that birthed me is the same word that molds me and grows me and shows me who I am. You know, in the Jordan River, we talked about this the other day. Jesus walks down, comes up to John and he says, baptize me, John. And there in the Jordan River, Jesus hears the word of God. The word of God comes out of heaven. The dove comes down and the heavens open and God speaks. And here's what Jesus hears this from God. God says, this is my son. Who I love this boy. And he pleases me. He pleases me. He pleases me. You're my son. Love you. Love you. Love you. You please me. I'm proud of you. Jesus walked up out of those waters, went 40 days straight into the face of the devil and never batted an eye and went another thousand days in his ministry and never batted an eye because he had no identity crisis. He knows who he is because the father tells him who he is. And seven times in Jesus' ministry, he boldly just stood up and said, I am. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And one time he said, and even before Abraham was, I am. 
And at the end of his life, one of the last things he ever said on the night of his betrayal in the garden when 400 came with torches and swords and Jesus stood up in front of that crowd and that mob and he said, who do you seek? And they said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. And they all fell over backwards. There was no identity crisis in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm just saying, Christian family, it's good to know who I am and whose I am and why I'm here and where I'm going. Those are exclamation marks in my life and they're exclamation marks, not question marks in your life. I know who I am because the father who has birthed me by his word tells me who I am. I know who I am because every day I look into the mirror and it shows me. It shows me who I am. Oh, MG, not that mirror. Not that mirror. Not, no, no, not that mirror. Not, 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 not that mirror. The, I, I, does anybody actually have a non-electric Bible in their hand today? Anyway, Carol, I would tell you to run up here, but I know that's above your pay grade right now. But just, okay. No, Excuse me. Love this girl. Thank you. So, how do I know who I am? Man, you know what this tells me? This tells me, this tells me who I was. This tells me about my first birth. This tells me about my heredity in the dirt, the earth man was made from. That's what this tells me. Dude, but not this mirror. No, 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 not, not this mirror. This is the mirror that tells me, that tells me who I was. This tells me who I am. And here's what we read, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I am everything God's word says I am. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm holy. I'm joyful. I'm cheerful. I'm hopeful. Your tongue is a torch. Your mouth is a match. Your speech is a spark. And I am is one of the most powerful things that you can ever say. John Wesley said, I set myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. Imaginations Church, let's set ourselves on fire and let Australia come and watch us burn. Let's help Australia get her heart back and get her soul back and get and get her and get the good things of her nation. Get be, come on, somebody. Whew. I feel this so deep in my soul. We are the hope. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of our nation. But not the I was church of Jesus Christ, the I am church of Jesus Christ. Let me pray over you. If you'd stand with me wherever you are, if you want to at home.
Heavenly Father, what can I say to you when I consider who I was, lost, and who I am, found? Lord, I was so far, and now I'm so close to Christ. Thank you. And I pray right now that a revelation would come to our heart, a life-giving transformation that we would consider every time we open our mouth, a spark is going to come out, a spark. And I pray that we would not burn things down with our mouth. I pray that, Lord, we would warm things up, heat things up, cause a holy fire to come. Lord, I pray for our nation, and I know that our church, your church, is the hope of our nation. And I pray as we gather back into this house that a new flood, because people are scared. People are wondering what's going on in their life. People are all over this nation, Lord, are uncertain. And, but let the church of Jesus Christ rise up in the certainty and the surety of who she is and whose she is and where she's going and what she's about. And let this light shine like it's never before out of the church, Lord, into our nation. And I believe there is harvest everywhere. I believe there's harvest on street corners. I believe there's harvest in neighborhoods. I believe there's harvest, Lord, in shops. I believe there's harvest everywhere. And I pray that we would be so consumed, not the consumer Christians, but the consumed church of Jesus Christ, that we truly would become the hope of our nation. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.